Everybody ready in three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Title Side, Chicago Title, Oklahoma's podcast. It is 2022 January. My co host, my mentor, my friend, Ken McBride, proud to have you today. Great to be here. We've got the amazing Mariah Calhor with us today. Hello, I'm Mariah. so excited. Thank you guys so much for having me. Good to, good to have you, and uh, I'm excited. You know, I, I talked to our mutual friend about this, uh, Patrick Clark. Yep. He was so excited that you are going to be on. Mm. His exact words were, this woman is amazing. Mm. She'll be great for the podcast. He's such a supporter. I love him. His yeah. whole family's great. How long have you known him? Well, I actually um, went to high school with his younger brother, who's also a realtor, and it's just kind of through the same group of people. So to be honest with you, I met him within the last year when he took over. And um, I'm one of those people, if I meet you like that, it's like we've known each other forever. So I feel like I've known him a really long time. <laughs> yeah, I, I found out shortly after he started uh, his, his singing career. Mm-hmm. Did you know about that? I did not. And when we started talking about that, I j- that's, that's my love language. Like, I love singing and all of that fun stuff, but I would never show anybody for 30-some-odd years that I, one, kind of can, and two, like it. <laughs> so when I found out he did, I said, you need to send me everything you've done, and I want to sit there and listen to it. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I listened to it. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> Amazing. He was really good. S- yes, yeah, I mean, the guy's got some pipes. Totally. He does. <laughs> I, I, uh, he used to sing with the... Um, uh, praise choir at yes. our church, mm-hmm. and so I got to hear him regularly some time ago. And uh, very talented young man, and I've known his parents for many great, years. Great and people, wonderful people. You know what's funny is I, I love to mess with people and joke and have fun, and I'll find myself when company functions are coming up, I will go to him and say, "Hey, there's going to be a microphone. Can I lean on you to maybe, you know, do a song or something?" And you should see the body language. He's like, "Oh, <laughs> I don't." It's I don't a mindset. So, David. Yeah, you have to get into this zone, and then you're 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 there. Yeah, you can just tell he's like, "Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know if I want to do that." <laughs> if you guys do that, and he sings video. No, invite me. (laughs) I want to be there. (laughs) You may have to get up there and sing with him. It's very possible, but the problem is when you give me a mic, I don't walk away. (laughs) (laughs) I know the feeling. That actually sounds like fun. It is fun. you got to enjoy life. Well, let's start off. So talk to us about how long you've been in real estate, maybe what year you got in. Okay. Uh, motivations, and tell us a little bit about your place. So, you know, I got into real estate. What's funny is I feel like I've been saying 10 years for 10 years for a very long time. Um, My timeline is just so skewed. You know what I mean? I'm just like, gosh. So when I graduated from the University of Oklahoma. Boomer. Yeah, I had no idea what I was going to do. I studied psychology, sociology, women's studies, And I learned real fast, I was going to have to get my PhD. And I said, I don't want to do that. (laughs) So here I am sitting on a degree that I'm like, I don't, I have no idea. So I got into uh, leasing and I was managing a whole bunch of apartment complexes for Carlsbad Management Group. It was wonderful. I mean, a quick learner, fast, always keeping busy. Um, But I learned real fast. I hit the ceiling and I was just like, I have nowhere to go. And so... Another realtor had approached me at one of her um, complexes, and she said, I have never seen a complex so organized, 
100% full, completely just streamlined. You'd be really good at real estate. I'm like, Ugh, I don't know <laughs> if I want to do that. But I, I did not like leasing. I have such a soft spot for people that the sob stories, I'm like, sure, you don't need to pay for it. You know what I mean? Like it just gets <laughs> to that point and it was really difficult for me. So um, I looked at my husband and I said, you know, she said the potential to make some good income is there in real estate. And um, it's worth a shot because I grew up with my mom being a realtor. So for many years, I had gone to open houses with her. It it was never anything I'd ever even thought of wanting to do. Um, so I got my license, and I failed the test like four or five times. <laughs> so if that's any that, indication. That actually surprises me. I am not a test taker. I get severe anxiety, and I shut down, and all I see are circles, and I just start marking them. Like, that's just who I am, and I've come to accept it. Um, and so finally, when I passed, um, I can't think of how old I was, like 21, maybe? Oh, wow. 21, 22. Couple think year, about A couple this. years ago. Yeah, just, <laughs> just a little bit. I mean, you know, I was pretty young. And um, so I made it through, got my license, completely flunked the whole first year, didn't sell a lick of anything, didn't know up from down, was just rolling through. Um, it was miserable. And I said to my husband, I said, I mean, this is for the birds. Like, I'm done. And he said, oh, no, ma'am, you are not done. Like, you're going to give this five years wow. and you're going to figure this out. And my husband, he's about eight years older than I am, very smart. I like to joke that um, I don't argue with him because I always lose. <laughs> <laughs> he's an aeronautical engineer up at Tinker and so I said okay well he's been established there for a long time and he knows what he's doing it's very he comes from a very smart family very very smart and I said okay I'm gonna give this five years so uh, I gave it five years and I remember two, year two or three I was about eight months pregnant and I was just walking flyers the worst homemade flyers you've ever seen um, printed them off just taping them on doors you know and walking through my neighborhood and Hey, I'm your neighbor, you know, and to this day, people still call me from that neighborhood and they said, I remember you when you first started. And um, so that's kind of my story to my agents is like, you know, if there's a will, there's a way mm -hmm. I wanted to give up. I, you know, the first years were pretty brutal. You're spending more money than you're making money. And then I figured it out. It all clicked. I was like, I've got this. And then I just started creating this machine. And so Fast forward to today, um, I'm in so deep I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really do enjoy it, though, because it's so flexible. And, you know, why do people get into real estate? You're your own boss. Um, you, you meet so many people from so many walks of life. And, you know, you really see a side of people most people don't. You know, you help families who are getting a divorce. Um, somebody's passed away. And so it's really raw if you will and that's where good I word was, for it yeah it's very raw and you have to learn how to honestly be a chameleon with these personalities and you have to learn how to handle these personalities and they have to learn how to handle you um but that's when I realized, well, my degree did come in handy because mm -hmm. I like to joke I'm an unlicensed therapist for a lot of situations, and I probably need one now. <laughs> Just kidding. So kind of. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the, in a nutshell, how, how this was born. You know, it's just—and then looking back, I mean— 
I think it's crazy cool walking in my mom's footsteps. She did get back in eventually and join me. And uh, she said, wow, this has changed. People don't fax stuff anymore. And I said, mom, it's a whole new era. era. So she got out. <laughs> as fast as she got back in, she got right back out. <laughs> fax. Yeah, she's like, what is this? I said, let's scan this with your phone. What? And then you can click here. <laughs> she's good now, but you know, so that's kind of that. And um, you want me to tell you what, about What year was it? What year was where did you start? Do you remember? I honestly don't. As horrible as that is. So, so my oldest son, he's eight, and I was pregnant when I got my— So, uh, oh, my God. I think that timeline's right. It's it's all blurred in my brain. I just because I always go back to when I got into leasing is when I kind of right. consider, and that was 2010. Yeah. But then those few years of failing the test multiple times and not selling and where did you hang your license to begin with? So it was at a small boutique um, brokerage in Norman called Management One. Okay. And then they fused. Um, they went into. Lyria, and then those two brokers created um, Aria, and I believe it's Mar- Meraki. Okay. And so it, it was just kind of like a little bit, you know, kind of where yeah. I'm at now. Yeah. It's kind of come full circle. I'm like, now I'm that little tiny brokerage trying to figure it out and keep my head above water. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was kind of the foundation of where it all started. Well, tell us about your brokerage. Yes, absolutely. So um, about... A little over a year ago, I um, opened up Calhor Group Realty, and it got to a point that I never really wanted to do this. You know, it's a lot. It's a lot of responsibility. Um, but some of my old brokers along the way, um, one of them over at Metro Brokers for many years, she was like, "You need to do this. You need to do was this." Was it Gwen? It was Gwen, yeah. and she just forever chirped in my ear. I was like, mm, "I'm not ready, Gwen." <laughs> and then I had to come to conclusion: I'm never going to know it all. I've learned no broker or realtor is going to know it all. We learn. Every day, we learn every transaction. So when I could finally swallow that pill, that's when I said, I'm going to do it. I did it because I had learned, not that I'm better, but people could not keep up with me. And so no matter where I was, brokers had a hard time keeping up with, you know, I will say my demand. Can you sign this? Can you approve this? I, I was just going 100 miles an hour. That's when Gwen was like, you need to wrap this pretty package up. And you need to start it on your own. And she really helped me get but, there. But what an honest leader that is Completely. to see that in you. Still call her to this day. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and kudos to you and, and kudos to her for, for seeing She's it. She's awesome. Yeah. I, she is awesome. I mean, I I respect her so much. Well, I mean, it takes somebody, because I'm sure you were important to her organ, organization at that time. And for her to take that mindset of, it is time for you to spread your wings yeah. and, uh, and encourage you to do that speaks Absolutely. volumes for her. Love it. Yep. She she and my mom were at the same place together for a while, so she knows my mom, and she just kind of, she definitely pushed me over that edge to say, you just need to fly, little birdie. <laughs> How many agents you you have now? So right now, I am at eight. Um, I have about three more on the way, and uh, three licensed realtors, and then I have about four people in school. So I wasn't going to take on new agents, and then I was like, you know what? I want to give them what I didn't have. 
And so not saying that, you know, the, the past brokerages I was at were bad. I just wanted to give something that I have yet to encounter myself. So that's kind of what I'm creating at my brokerage is kind of a one-stop shop. You know, just if you have a team, you can you can be here. I'll help you run your team. If you're a solo agent, I'll help you run. Or if you want to be on my team, because that's what I do is I, I have a team of agents who help me on all of my clients and um, just kind of build that and whatever you need, it's there. It's a process, you know, and I'm still trying to build it and put it together, but I'm finally in a place where I'm confident and comfortable enough to say, hey, listen, I want you to come with me so I can teach you what I know. Because for a very long time, I was guarded. And I kind of joked, I was the black sheep of the real estate market because realtors wouldn't talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) Not because I'm mean, but because I was just so, my nose was to the grindstone. and, And all I... All I wanted to do was work, and I think a lot of people, that they didn't get that. They didn't get my mentality was when I'm working and I'm just moving forward, I don't have anxiety. I don't have panic attacks. I'm, I'm in a reality where I can function like a normal human, and it takes a lot, and that's what Gwen has said to me before. People don't understand how you operate because they don't get how you're wired. So that's been a really big hurdle. And now that I'm wanting to add agents, they're having a hard time deciphering. Well, wait a minute. (laughs) Well, you evolve. Yeah, I mean, you got to grow. You got to move your ego aside. I had an ego problem. You know, you kind of hit that peak and you're like, yeah. And now I'm like, it's lonely. It's lonely on top and I don't want to be here. Leadership can be lonely. I don't want to feel that way ever again. I don't want people around me to feel that way. So now I want to create a culture where, you know, we're all together. We're all doing this together. It's not just me. It's not just sides us. So So I'm going to ask you to show some vulnerability. Absolutely. What is your hardest thing you find in your role right now? The hardest thing I find is uh, the lack of acceptance of me and the things that I hear in the community. Not necessarily the community of, you know, buyers and sellers, but uh, my uh, the other agents around. And so it's taking a lot for me to reach out, let them know who I am, who my heart, mm-hmm. like what my heart is about. Um, and I think people finally start to realize that I do operate as a machine. I'm just wired that way. I operate that way out of anxiety, and that's how I cope with it. Um, there's no malintent. I'm not malicious. I have one goal, and it's to build my business, drive my business, and those who want to do it with me. So, um, My guess is those people that are saying things don't know you. Sadly, some do know me, and the, the script has just flipped. Hmm. You know, So yeah. sometimes I have to look at myself and say, okay, maybe I have done something. or if, You know what I mean? You're kind of like blinded. And so that's kind of my 2022 is going to be really paying attention to how I handle situations or how I speak to people mm-hmm. or I'm, I'm trying to be very uh, here and now versus just intentional intentional because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, truth be told, I'm in fight or flight a lot and just, you know, on a daily basis. And I, I shouldn't make that an excuse, but um, I just want people to know that I'm human and, uh, Words hurt, you know, and and Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to build a community of people and those agents that have been interviewing with me, it's like a breath of fresh air for them to be like, I'm so glad I sat down with you. I'm so glad I took this time to hear you out. And I told a client the other day because she asked for a quote, um, you know, she, she posted on Facebook, give me your favorite quote. And I posted on there. I said, don't ever, what did I say? Uh, Trying to... Get the exact words, but I just said, don't don't judge somebody based off of somebody else's opinion. Amen. 
you know, create it for yourself. Amen. And that's what I want people to do for me is sit down with me and then mm-hmm. form your opinion. Yeah. So I totally get it. That sounds that sounds fair enough. Is you know, judge me based on your own observation or your own interaction. Yeah. But so often people judge based on what someone else has said. Um it's so easy for someone to be misunderstood. Absolutely. It happens every day all the Especially time. Especially with social media. Oh. And and that's the ones, you know, the people who do know me, that's where their judgments coming from. The perception and how people interpret what people post or say or do, it can always go so many different ways and it's so scary. And you can't ever control what somebody thinks. You can't control and that's another thing. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna have to let go this yes. year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, let, I letting go of let things, it go. Letting go of things you can't control. Yeah. Is uh, is very challenging, but also liberating. Yes, absolutely. Uh, if you had a chance uh, to go back to the time period when you first got out of OU mm. uh, and give yourself advice, yourself at that time, what would you tell yourself, knowing what you know now? Don't be so guarded. I put up such a guard with my business, and I was so protective of because it was so hard to get started. So when I got started, I got so, you know, defensive. I was, I I mean, you know, and I wasn't ever rude, but it was just kind of like, I didn't cheer others on and I should have cheered other. I should have been more present for others' success than my own. And that's where I think I went wrong. You know what I mean? I, I just, it was just more, I was in my own way. And so now, if I could go back, I would just kind of change the way I evolved and grew, and I would be so thankful for what I did do. But at the same time, I would help build up others alongside me so I wouldn't be where I am today, where people are like, mm, she's all about herself, you know? And I don't, I don't want to be about myself. I want to I build relationships that are solid. Let's talk, uh, let's talk about technology. Oh, yes. Where do you see technology now? Five years, ten years. It is fast, and it is so true. Video is where it's at. They've been saying that for a few years. It's so hard. You have to be so you have to be so comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, I can't tell you how many real estate coaches I've had, and they say you need to do video. And all I could say is nobody wants to hear what I have to say, you know. And so, I think video is where it's at. I mean, look at TikTok. It's like the number one platform, and it's video of people doing the weirdest things. I can't help. But every time I watch TikTok, I feel like I go down a rabbit hole of, and I come out you, of it, Yes, my IQ would drop. Yes. You, like, what did I just watch? It's, <laughs> it's insane. And I, I tried TikTok for a little while. I couldn't get there. I just, it couldn't, it didn't feel real. It didn't feel organic. It just felt so forced to try to get views and likes. And that's another thing, you know, the amount of likes and views you get shouldn't det- shouldn't determine your self-worth, and that's what people battle with today. Well, I think it comes from like a, a, a measurement in our minds. Totally. Like, oh, well, they got this many likes or this many Completely. views, so that gives them an A as opposed to Completely. a C or a D, which and, is not true. And and, and the sad thing <clears throat> is that's that's where everything's going. You know, it's like, what's your online presence? Well, let me, let me ask the question a different way. Okay. Industry technology, not social media cool. or marketing. Gotcha. But maybe systems. Yes. Specifically, I'm curious where you see closings going in the future. I will tell you, everything is online and streamlined and click of a button. And I, I foresee maybe one one day, you know, there's a couple car dealers where you can ju- they just pull out this giant iPad the size of the table 
click, click here. I just have a feeling stuff will eventually get to that point. Um, you know, because people, people are busy. They choose to be super busy. And so I have a feeling that there might be some places that pop up where the convenience of the closing just being at the on your phone is going to be possibly where things go one day. Sure, absolutely. You know, and instead of in person, especially these last two years have been very challenging for people. You know, a lot of people don't want to be around people. And so people are trying to be innovative. How can we make this happen without being here? So COVID has definitely made us all rethink how we do certain absolutely. things. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I don't think it's tomorrow thing, but I think it's the slow, progressive, it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn a little more tech versus... Yeah. You know, you know, I always think about the entities, you know, that, that are in real estate, <clears throat> excuse me, but between the lender, the realtor, the title company, the consumer and, and yeah. the county that you're doing yeah. work in, mm-hmm. are, are they going to be able to handle digital signatures? Right. You know, I think if there's a will, there's a way. But that would be a lot of people having to be on the same page. And yeah. that's the hard thing. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've talked to a number of realtors and asked them this question just, you know, kind of in passing. Yeah. It's interesting that a lot of them have told me that they don't like that idea because they see the closing table, mm-hmm. the closing, as we like to call it, experience as, as kind of like the, the last chance that you get that you know, face-to-face. I can dig that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Not that that couldn't you know, uh, morph into something sure. different at a different point in the transaction. But that's it's probably one of the, the consensus answers is they want to keep closings traditional Absolutely. for, you know, uh, marketing purposes. I mean, I can agree with that. Um, I was looking at a title company online out of Texas, I want to say, and um, it was really cool. Their website was really cool. They Every closing, they had those poppers, you know, mm-hmm. and they would do these fun mm-hmm. things. And, I mean— when you think about it, people love these closings because they get their photo with the client, exchange mm-hmm. the gift, and then they can promote online. If you do go digital or you're not mm-hmm. in person, it's much harder and less personal when you shout out your closing. Right. You know, but yeah, that that has been one thing I've seen over the years is like nobody was posting their closings to now. Now you watch for okay, what sign are they holding? Where are they at? You know, what are they checking it? And so yeah, I mean. Everybody knows where everybody is. I promise you I pay attention to that. I'm sure you do. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> Patrick, you need to go talk to Mariah. She was I holding the wrong side. I love it. That's funny, right? Let me go back to um, to one of the things that we've kind of talked about earlier. Uh, you know, you got into the real estate business, and and you fought it out for the, the early years. But uh, but so often we run into people uh, who are saying that real estate's changing and mm-hmm. perhaps the role of the realtor is changing. Um, from our standpoint, we see how important it is that a person have the assistance of a professional realtor when they're buying or selling their home because we see the closings where they don't. Mm-hmm. And they just, they're... It's just not the same, right? But uh, but if you had to tell someone why would why would they need the services of a realtor? Mm-hmm. What what would you bring to their attention? It's a good question. It is a great question. Well, we know steps A through Z. We're gonna fight for you. So I, here's kind of a good way to put it. Sorry, 
I was trying to decorate my home last week by myself. I'm not an interior decorator. <laughs> I keep going to Facebook and asking questions and getting a million different answers. Finally, I reached out to my friend, who's a designer. I said, listen, I have come to the conclusion I was trying to for sale by owner my own home. So I would like to hire you to come fix this. And it's kind of the same concept. It seems easy and like, oh, I can just knock this out. But then when you get in there, you're like, it's overwhelming. You're going to miss something. You're going to either spend too much or not spend enough. So it's like a realtor, it's scary if if real estate changes. There's a couple brokerages where they give access to the owner or to the buyers to get in without a realtor. And that's just such a liability. So it's a terrifying thought if realtors get pulled away. Because, I mean, we, we're we not attorneys. That's also a very other hard piece to this puzzle sure. is we have these contracts and we're like, here, sign this, but we can't tell you, you know, exactly verbatim what this means. So I think we're the second set of eyes for them to guide them into not making the wrong move. So I would apply that to a title company because if everything's online and you don't have the professional standing there being like, here's why you're signing this. Here's why this is notarized. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's why I think realtors are important because we can make sure you're not doing the wrong thing. You have somebody in your corner. Same thing with title companies. I mean, yeah. you can't pull the people out of everything. You know, mm -hmm. even though everybody wants to go digital, you just can't. I don't know if this is answering your question if I'm just going off on a tangent. But <laughs> no, I, I think, and, and I think uh, the things you've said are valuable particularly the thing that uh, that you can't replace, and that's another set of eyes. Uh, I know that over the years I've bought and sold homes like everybody else, and, uh, and I like to think that I know a lot about the transaction, but it's different when it's your home. And you really need someone else who's looking at it objectively. There is no way that I can step back and look at my own home objectively. I just can't. And having the assistance of a professional who not only knows how to look at a home uh, dispassionately, look at it from a, a distance, but also knows the market, knows what's going on in the marketplace, and, uh, and can make suggestions and give advice on how to add value and how to get the best uh, showing of your home. I, I just think what you've said is so true that people need to have someone who can come in and bring bring a professionalism to it, bring a professional point of view that I don't care how many homes they've bought and sold through their life, if it's your home, you're always going to see it differently. Completely. Yeah, and it's you, personal. And she she mentioned it earlier. You add into that statement deaths in the family, divorces, mm -hmm. those emotional times in your life that you need somebody to take certain responsibilities off your shoulder and do it right. It, it's so important. Mm -hmm. And good realtors make a difference. Completely. I've had amazing cross sales, and without that realtor, it wouldn't have gone through. Yeah. Are there um, are there any books that over the last ten years that you can point to and say this made a difference in my career? You know, I have a stack of books sitting in my house that I've been trying to read for a couple of years. <laughs> I, uh, I the last couple of years, I started getting really, really heavily into. Um, reading about, I hope this is okay to say, the Holy Spirit. Yes, please. And 
it was just so eye-opening about, you know, the world we're in and the world we know versus the spiritual world. And I've been applying that to my business and to, you know, just understanding people. You know, mm-hmm. for instance, death. When when you're mm-hmm. dealing with somebody who has lost a loved one, okay, how can we how can we apply this to help them walk through this? Because it's such a sensitive subject. And um, I actually have a couple of great agents who, unfortunately, they have family members who have committed suicide. And um, so, anytime I get a client who's like, "I need to sell this house. Here's what happened." It's going straight to them because they just know how to walk that walk with them and just help them, not only on a business transaction, but an emotional yeah. and a spiritual one. So yeah. those books have been so helpful. Um, I'd have to find the titles, but they're just, you know, they just kind of ground you. They just kind of pull you back down and just let you slow down and look at life and be like, okay, it's not all about this, 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 and this. So that probably is another goal to sit down and make time to actually read. So you mentioned Wonderful. your husband a minute ago. What family? How, how, give me a, kind of a snapshot of the family. So um, my husband, he's uh, the older sibling, and then his his younger brother. I met his younger brother, right, probably around 2007, I want to say. And that's how I met my husband. I was hanging out with all of uh, my brother-in-law's friends, and my brother-in-law ended up breaking his leg. So I went to the hospital, and I met my husband. <laughs> uh, so he was so cheeky. He was like, well, I know you're friends with my brother, but can I can I call you and let you know how his leg is doing? And here we are 10 years later married, you know. And so, But uh, his family's great. Um, his, both his parents went to OU, and his dad's also an engineer, and um, his father is actually from Iran. So it's Excellent. super cool yeah. to just see how uh, how they teach my children, and you yeah. know, they just they know so much about it. And he's trying to teach them a little bit of Farsi, and it's just you know, totally different world. And I think it's great, you know, but his family's wonderful and they live here and we see them all the time. That's excellent. Yeah. Excellent. How long have you been married? Ten years. Ten years. Yep, eleven years in May. Wow. Yeah. Ken, how long have you been married to Miss Katrina? Uh thirty seven years. I'm I'm gonna have my twenty third this year. I love well, it. Congratulations. Yes. I it's love it. It is a great thing. Wouldn't want to live life any any other way. No. Nope. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that you mentioned earlier, and this comes up from time to time uh, in these podcasts and talking with people in the industry, is that it's about real estate, but it's also about life. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I love the way that you brought that up. Elaborate a little more on how you see the real estate business and and how it impacts and how it interweaves with life. Oh, very heavily. You know, when I first got into it, all I thought about was, oh, it's just selling a house. But then when I look back, all of the relationships that I've had, I mean, every house I have sold in the last 10 years to, like, my personal homes, I'm still friends with these people, you know? And I made a post about needing help with my curtains because I was going to try to decorate my own house. And one of my old, you know, he he bought, oh, this is two or three sales ago. He bought one of my homes. And, um, he calls me and goes, hey, I saw your post. I'm at Ikea. You want me to bring you home some curtains? And it's just those moments are just the, oh, this is so cool. You know, those mm-hmm. are those life moments. I'm like, that is so nice. You know what I mean? You know, he bought my house, and he still keeps up with me, and he's offering to bring me curtains. But, um, you know, you're, it's your business. But truly, your business and life are so entangled that 
everything you do, everything you do in real estate is just creating relationships for the future. No matter if it's a sale or not, it's just relationships. And that's what I love about it is just all the people and half my team are past clients. You know what I mean? Like half the people I've hired, it's because they bought and sold with me and they're like, I want to work with you. You know, you just create those bonds with people and it's very... um, it's very rewarding. You know, I know that sounds cheesy and everybody's like, I'm in it for the people. But <laughs> I mean, truly, you have to somewhat be in it for the people or it's going to be a very miserable thing you're doing, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I don't know. You know, it's just. Well, and I, and I, I love the way you said that because uh, I was going to ask you about you have said you want to be very intentional about the type of culture that you create in your brokerage. I'd like to hear you elaborate on that. Absolutely. So I hired a real estate coach. This is my second or third one. And um, I kind of changed gears. I The coaches I've had in the past, they're um, close around here. A lot of people know them. Wonderful people. But I'm always trying to think, okay, how can I be outside the box on this one? So I ended up hiring a guy out of Canada. He's amazing. He's, he puts things into perspective, but he's trying to help me build a culture. And he's like, okay, think about what you were lacking when you were at certain places. And so I'm kind of taking all these, you know, things that I wanted from other brokerages and just putting them together and building a culture of one, a company where ego is not in the way, you know, we build each other up, we help each other. And, um, you know, just a place where we're all there to help. And that's the hardest thing is, you know, sometimes you've got six different clients needing six different things and there's only one of you. And I'm building a team where they're like, you know what, I've got you. Even though that's your client, I'm going to go show that for you and you can help me out in the future. But um, I'm I'm 24, this is no joke, I'm 24-7 available for my people. You know, I've had clients text me at 2.30 in the morning and, I'll just pop up, respond. They're like, are you kidding me? Um, and that's what I want to be for my agents, too. It's just, you need me, I'm there. Because if you're in hot water, guess who's in hot water? I am. Mm-hmm. So just building a culture of a, a second family, if you will. You know, I know their kids. I know their husbands. Some of them are getting their husbands to get their license to join. Like, I just want to create this family of people where we're all we're all helping each other on everything. So it's been pretty fun. Slow and steady. <laughs> so talk to me about title, title companies. What do you expect, and, and not specific to us? Sure. What do you expect out of both lender and title? Organization. I cannot stress that enough for anything. No matter what you are doing, the first place is getting organized, being streamlined. And so just to have a title company receive your order and then immediately be like, I've received, here's the next steps. It's just so like, yes, you know, they're on it. Cause there's been times we've sent stuff to title companies and we don't hear back for a few days and we're trying to find people. And we're like, did you get that order? And they're like, oh shoot, no, you know? And that's just time is of the essence. So organization and just communication. And that's probably our biggest thing is just, you know, let us know what you need. I mean, I can't read your mind. I didn't know that you didn't have that, you know, nicely said, but uh, those are our huge winners. (laughs) You know, we, um, we have found that uh, over the years, the, when we get uh, some type of complaint or someone is unhappy more times than not, it is the communication piece. Uh, and so we we have put an emphasis in our company on proactive communication. Yeah. 
we want to communicate to people uh, and anticipate the needs of our customer if we possibly can. So, so we're, we're trying to stay on top of that because we understand how important that is. Um, if there's, it, it, we're kind of trying to get near the end of this podcast. Is there something about you that we haven't asked or something, something else that someone should know about you if they, if that, that they should know? You know, it, if I had not gotten into real estate and this were a perfect world where you didn't need to worry about money, um, I would probably pursue a singing career. Um, and my love language is weddings. So we did open up a wedding venue in Purcell. Um, that's kind of What's cool, the name of it? It's called Huckleberry Hill Barn. When I was getting married, I couldn't find a place like that. And my parents and I just kind of had a dream, and I said, there's no way you guys are on the same wavelength as me where you would be wanting to do this. And they said yes, and I just said, okay. So for years, we tried to put it together and finally found the land, uh, had to go through some life hurdles, and then we finally opened and the pandemic hit. So that was super fun. Um, but we're still standing, and we're there. And, you know, if I wasn't doing this, I'd probably pour into that or honestly – or into music because it's just mm. I love creativity. You could possibly be a wedding singer. Oh, there you go. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> Com- hilarious. Them all, that is awesome. That's, perfect. <laughs> that's probably very true where my life would end up. <laughs> well, Mariah, I you know, I just want to say thank you for your time. It's it's Aww. it's been wonderful to sit thank down and, and hear your story. And uh, I know Ken and I enjoy doing this every single time, but you know, you're, you're just a special woman and, and driven and focused, and I'm, I'm super proud that you were on the podcast with us, and I just want to say thank you. Well, thank you, guys. For our listeners out there, please remember, it really does make a difference where you close. <laughs>